Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Fish Across the Pond, a Miami Marlins UK baseball podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and joining me this week, we have Lee, Dan, Rob. How are we, guys? Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, very well, thank you. Feeling amazing, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Is that... Is that because you stayed out of the heat this weekend in London? Was that that was? Yeah, I'm I'm completely fresh. I had to to uh, watch the Marlins uh, have another series win over the Phillies. I had to keep myself, you know, in shape so I could get through those three games. Oh, good. I mean, it was almost. Uh, we're going to start with with some London coverage, but just while we're there and we're talking about it, it was almost back to back sweeps of the Phillies, which would have been awesome and. Uh, yeah, we'll come to that, mate. I know you watched quite a bit of that while while me and the boys were were out enjoying a, a Yankees Red Sox series. So you know you're you're our man for the coverage on that one. So let's park that a sec, guys. Uh, firstly, I just want to give a thanks to you boys. Twenty episodes in, and um, it's been a great ride so far. During the weekend in London, got to meet loads of UK fans and some American fans, and. The guys that knew us and recognised us uh, were all came, coming over and saying how much they enjoyed the pod. Um, we're so impressed that, you know, you've got four UK Marlins guys, you know, represent the team so well. So thanks to you guys. And here's to another 20, I suppose. We'll, we'll be up to 40, I guess, you know, what, by the end of the year, I, I suppose. So, yeah. yeah, let's raise our glasses to that. Hey, Rob's, yeah. Rob, what are you drinking there, actually? It's a it's a, a local beer to where I live. It's uh, Carver's Premium Pilsner Lager, brewed in Ipswich, which I normally wouldn't drink anything from there, being uh, my main football rivals for Norwich City. <laughs> but it's very nice indeed. <laughs> so, Lee, Dan, we we all managed to make it to London. So let's start with the London series because I, I think it's it was such a, a historical event that we should we should spend some time on that just covering i guess the general vibe how we felt it went some of the positives that we you know we saw maybe some things that surprised us and equally if there was any things that we wish were different or that maybe mlb could do differently next year um we know the cubs and cards are coming so we've got that to look forward to so you know i hope they do have a feedback loop and can you know maybe iron out a few of the kinks uh, if there were any, but um, Lee, you were there for both games, as as yep. was I, mate. So I'll start with you, mate. What what were your thoughts in general with with the games? Uh, well, yeah, I loved it. You know, both games were good. Yeah, they were, they were close games, at least for the fans. Obviously, they they, they were long, <laughs> but <laughs> to say the least. But yeah, it was really good. I mean, you know, the atmosphere was was just amazing. Yeah, you know, just, just 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 all just all around the whole whole place really. You know, really, you know, so many fans were there. You know, lo- loads of people had travelled over from, from yeah. like from from other states as well. You know, they seem seem to like it as well. You know, you know the stadium looked you know, looked amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, the, the whole experience was just was just amazing, really. 
Yeah, good. And remind me, mate, where were you sat on the Saturday game? Saturday game, I was just to the sort of the right, no, to the left of like the third baseline. Third base, yeah. So I had straight, and then on the Sunday game, I, game I was literally you know, in line with the the foul pole. So right. I was in the last seat in the whole stadium, <laughs> as far back. Oh, were you? How was the view then? I mean, that was. That was something we were concerned about. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was going. Yeah, the the view. That, you know, considering all, all all like the negative press around, oh, you aren't to see a thing. And I mean, the the views were, were like, yeah, were, were just amazing to see. Yeah, the view was you could see the whole pit. Obviously, it was tough to see the ball sometimes. Like, yeah, when you couldn't see it. But yeah. in terms of, of 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 seeing the whole stadium and the whole field, I mean, it, it was still a you know, you know a good view for me. Good, and. Any negatives from your side, mate, across the weekend? Yeah, one negative I think we touched on, I think the pricing, you know, is, is starting to look at because you saw behind home plate, you know, in the £300 seats, mm. they were empty at times. And I just worried how, the, how that what was coming across, you know, on the, the, the TV. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for like the, the American viewers again, oh, you know, you know, it's like empty. But, you know, I mean... I mean, the queues were long. Maybe that is... I mean, the queue for the merch shop was outrageous. Yeah. It was like... Right. When I got there, I thought, if I join this queue, it's going to be 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, and that was, was just a... You know, queue, you know they, they were queuing to get into the shop. So I'd hate to, hate to think how many people were actually inside it. Yeah. yeah. And I think the queues for the food... Were long at times. I mean, the burger queue was huge, and they, they didn't seem didn't seem to have a, have enough people there. But no. yeah, but but all but all in all, it was, it was just a great experience. Just you know, yeah, to see the two games. Yeah, awesome. Dan, what about you, mate? What what about the actual baseball and the on field product? Like, you know, we had we had the Yankees and Red Sox in town. Did they? Did it feel like a Red Sox and Yankees game? Did it feel like a, a proper game or? Um, I'm I'm not really sure on that side of it because I don't know the you know the, how bitter it is over the other side if it is bitter at all I don't know you know I know it's obviously a, it's a massive rivalry but I'm not sure having not really you know watched many of the uh, the games like being a Marlins fan my focus is on them whether it is like a, a bitter atmosphere when they play um, so I didn't get that vibe or anything I just got thought I thought that everyone there it surprised me actually because I thought everyone there really um, um, sort of, you could have picked that stadium up and put it in America, anywhere in America, and you wouldn't have known any different. You know, it wasn't like I, I got the vibe that no one really knew what was going on. Everything seemed to be like from every hit, every run, it was being cheered correctly. People weren't going ecstatic at a hit because they thought that might have been winning them the game or something silly. It was yeah. all, um, it, was, it, it, it felt like you was watching it like you would do any other game. I thought the atmosphere was, was electric. There was a lot of um, Americans there, um, but uh, from what I saw, as soon as I got off the train, was just literally, I, I knew there'd be um, obviously a lot of baseball fans, but I actually thought it was going to be a lot more dominated by just casuals who were there for the day, just to mm-hmm. have a nice day out. But I didn't get that feeling. I thought, if anything, it was it was dominated by by real baseball fans. I mean, obviously, you, you, we see a lot of, as you would expect, a lot of Red Sox and Yankees jerseys, but there was there was... That all, all teams were, were being represented very well. And when, obviously, we had our meet-up um, from the MLB UK community, you know, that was that was vast. I wasn't really wasn't expecting it. I thought it would just be the odd one or two, 
you know, that had maybe met up and from more from interaction of getting on well on on social media. But it was a, it was like a party in 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 the bar. We was in both before and, and afterwards. Um, so I, I was really. <laughs> you you had your wallet out, mate. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I was I was pleasantly surprised with the whole experience. Um, it did help that it was a glorious day. Um, I thought that the the London Stadium got it spot on. I I thought that giving everyone the opportunity to, to walk the concourse. I mean, we met up um, sort of somewhere in the sixth. I think met up, no grief, no problems. You could go out, walk around, have have some photos in some in some good areas. Um, you, you'd sort of get a little bit moved on if you was sort of hanging around, but there was never any problems. Stewards took photos of us, you know, for sure. us. So we got some memories. You was allowed to go right behind um, home plate and take some photos mm. there and stay there for a bit. And yeah, the, the food, the drink, it was all, it was, it was, you, you could have been in America. You wouldn't have known any different. And uh, the game itself was, was from the one I went to, I only went to the Sunday game, but it was entertaining. It was another long one, not quite as long as your one in the ridiculous heat on Saturday. <laughs> um, but um, it was a good game. It was a close game. Um, I, I, I thought it was it exceeded expectations. I thought tip my cap to everyone that was involved in putting that event on because if anyone else like me, and I'm sure there was thousands of them, will want to come back. Yeah, I, I agree, Matt. I think you've, you've summarised it really well. Well, the two of you have, and very much in line with my views on it. I I thought it was a world-class experience in the stadium the atmosphere was electric at times and like you said the the amount of americans that were there added to that i think mm. you know the the yankees and red sox fans are vocal anyway particularly when they play each other so the american followers there naturally were were vocal the saturday there was definitely a couple of laps of the wave which you know actually went down pretty well the freeze was beaten on the Saturday. <laughs> then he was he reclaimed his throne on the Sunday. I mean, the things what I haven't worked out. So you know, apart from that first inning on the Saturday, six six each. Porcello, what did Porcello? Did he get an out? I think he had one out. Maybe Tanaka had two. Neither of them got out the first. Six all. Tara looked at me. My wife looked at me at that point and said, "We're an hour in here." Remind me how many innings there are. And I said, well, there's nine. There's nine, love. And she went, so this is going to this is gonna last nine hours, she said. I said, yeah, I think so. <laughs> At that point, she nearly collapsed. And that could have been through heat stroke. It could have been through drowning in PIMS. It, it was multiple reasons why. But, you know, you know the negative there was it, it was a little bit long. I, we didn't even last to the end, as, as you guys know, on the Saturday. We, we, we headed off early. It was just a little bit too hot, a bit too long. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was that was like the, the the in theory the only thing that you think was maybe the worst thing that could have happened was that was that ridiculous first uh mm. in on the Saturday because <laughs> for anyone that was there being introduced to it it wasn't ideal because it, it sort yeah. of puts it, it puts them off you think oh right, okay I didn't realize you almost wanted to get rattling through a few innings and then hear then see some bombs and a bit of entertainment but um, you know that's baseball. You can't you can't help that. Yeah. But it did make me laugh on Twitter because there was a lot of the verified accounts saying it's not really like this. We promise you, it's not. <laughs> this doesn't normally happen. Please yeah. don't go on. <laughs> it was crazy. Out. It was crazy, wasn't it? But yeah. you look at it. 
and, and I, I, the feedback coming back, and I'm, I'm, ex- I'm interested to see and hear more stories from the players and the guys involved in the playing staff over the coming weeks and whatever. The main feedback I did hear was the the guys saying that the pitching, the breaking balls just weren't breaking, basically. And it, if it wasn't a fastball, it was just hanging. And it, those guys, those hitters, I mean, they're good lineups. They were just tearing it up. And the outfield was fast. The boundaries were small, other than the black monster in center field, as it may, <laughs> may be known. I don't know. But anyway, it it was... I thought an incredible experience, mm-hmm. one that I'll cherish. I think actually, it was it was brilliant to be part of. To have sixty thousand in London, highest attendance of the year thus far in, in MLB. Of course, you know it's, it's the biggest stadium and capacity, so it's a bit of a false stat in some ways. But even so, it was great for me. I came into it hoping that it was it was a success. They were already committed to next year anyway, so that wasn't in question. But I guess from our perspective, being greedy, we want the MLB to commit to the UK, not just to Europe and not just to playing games internationally. We want it to be the UK. And the vibe I was getting after it was they're considering other countries. Um, the Netherlands they're considering. Obviously, Xander Bogards was playing for the, the Red Sox, who's um, you know, Dutch roots. Um, and you know they've produced some more MLB players than the UK. So there's a connection there. Other countries the same, so you know it's going to be interesting to see how it works. But if I was the MLB, I'd be going, "Bloody hell, this looks positive. Do we need to change anything?" So we'll see. Um, anything else to say on London uh, series? Or I mean, Rob, you've been sat there quietly, and I apologise for that, mate. But I- I'm happy to come to you now, mate. You saw a little bit of the Saturday stuff on TV. How, how did it come across on telly? Other than you couldn't feel the heat. That was the one thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It. It. You could tell that it was a good atmosphere. You could tell there was a lot of sort of um, excitement around there, and it, it. It looked great. The stadium looked great. Everything looked really, really good. Um, the. The thing was, is that that first inning was obviously very peculiar. We don't ever really see that, where you have to replace both starters and they both give up six runs. Um, they were going through stats of how many times that had happened before, and it's, it's, it's hardly any. And it was a bit odd that you kind of got into the second inning and looked up at the clock and you think, wow, we, you know, over an hour is gone. This is, you know, this is going on for a long while. And after a while, I did just turn it over and watch the, the Marlins game against the Phillies because it was getting, wasn't getting boring it was a, just a, a peculiar procession in the batting and it didn't it just seemed to be a, an ongoing chain of 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 pitchers really really struggling uh, it's like bullpen problems on both sides yeah. although maybe the reality of you know the, the flying over there maybe it was jet lag or the conditions in the stadium the heat um you know there's lots of excuses being given but it was a it was a peculiar thing to watch on tv it was good but it was going on for a, a bit long but then again we're used to it with cricket aren't we and and cricket's a sport where you have sort of you know big periods of excitement and then it will cool off a bit or you know not a lot will happen for a while um and that's what it, it was like um but yeah overall it was it was good i was watching um it through the bbc Right. Uh, Channel Five also had it on as well, right. um, and um, the coverage was really good. Um, in was, between, doing the commentary. 
it was uh, I, I don't I can't remember the names of who were doing it. There was uh, but two sort of regulars for ESPN were doing the commentary for BBC, and in, uh, when they had the ad ad breaks on, they were just doing sort of stats and and you know sort of historical facts about MLB and the Red Sox and the Yankees, which was really really interesting. Right? Did it did it come across at all like it? It was an exhibition type game. Like in some ways, it it had that vibe where it was just. It felt like a, almost like a preseason friendly, and everyone was just teeing off. I I don't know. Yeah, it, I think it. That's the feeling you kind of got with it, and I think it was. I wondered whether there was a, a slight sort of mental issue with the pitchers with this because it, it's obviously to hit a home run, it's easier than any other ballpark in in America. So you've got to get it right because if you don't, especially with the, the lineup that that both sides have, who have both very, very capable of hitting home runs all the way through their lineups. Um, you know, how, how are you going to handle judge if you're a little bit off? Yeah. You know, uh, what you're going to end up doing is is sort of trying to scoot it around the strike zone and, and giving loads of walks away. And that was the problem you were seeing. You were seeing just a, a sort of procession of hits and walks and unconfident pitchers who weren't attacking the strike zone in the way they should because they were... Th- fearful if they did that they just get a home run I, I on the Sunday it clearly wasn't the same and there was a lot more uh, you know intensities they got used to it but that's because it's just so new so I think it came across as a, as and maybe an exhibition or a pre-season friendly type thing um or spring training type game only on the basis that it was it was so unique yeah the only thing that was um the ballpark setup itself I think was as good as they could do with the space and it looked great i thought and whatever the only peculiar sorry to use your term rob but i like that one peculiar um was the 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 foul territory was obviously ginormous and i i don't understand why it was left so big they could have obviously put more seating in there i mean at one point i remember on the saturday game there were i don't know who was batting but someone uh, pinged one down the first base, uh, first base line, and it went in. It was a fair ball, but went into foul territory, and the the outfield was shifted over, and Judge was almost in centre field for that one. I remember Judge had to literally run like a hundred yards to go and collect the ball. Whoever it was then probably got a triple with that one. So it was peculiar, and it created that peculiar scenario where normally those foul balls are in the crowd, and Players aren't even bothering to take a look, but there was a chance of an out much more regularly. But some of the fielders seemed a bit uneasy because they weren't quite sure of their bearings. And I think that was the only thing, like maybe they could, even if they weren't going to put seat in there, they could maybe bring the walls in a little bit or the barriers to to kind of reduce the size. It was unnecessary and Mm -hmm. it just looked a bit odd and, you know, it didn't need to be there. I don't think maybe there was a reason why, but anyway, um, if I was going to score it out of 10, I'd have a nine, I think. And the only point I would take off is just the ticket in botch that I think they they did. I thought it was badly run from a, a ticket in point of view and could have been much better. And clearly there was people trying to buy tickets and try and flog them for profits and blah, blah, blah. And it just led to, you know, empty seats in parts and unsold tickets. And, you know, it wasn't great. They overpriced it. Um, 
the one thing I must say is though it was you know lucky I was lucky to get tickets for the workout day on the Friday you know a couple of thousand people down there plus media real great experience the only thing from that side was again they missed a slight trick there wasn't a great opportunity to engage with the players not that I was there seeking autographs but people were the kids and whatever and they had all the netting all the way up and it wasn't easy to go and get close to the players so again would be something I think they could improve on because you know there was they were giving out free tickets they're inviting young kids who played for ball clubs and you want to get the chance to go and see the players yeah Mm -hmm. so all right, guys. Well, there's London in the books. We've got two games next year in June, so a little bit earlier next year, early part of June, sorry, a um, couple of weeks earlier. So we'll look forward to that. So let's talk some Marlins baseball, guys. Um, Rob, I'm going to throw it to you, mate, if that's all right, because you, I think, had the opportunity to watch most games last week. So maybe give us a quick summary on the results, some highlights. Yeah, so we, we got swept by, by the Nats, uh, which was a bit disappointing because it wasn't the case of, let's say, early season Marlins where we were getting swept and it was pretty horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a case of games we could have won uh, and getting closer. The first game, uh, we, we lost 6-1. We weren't close because although we say we've got Scherzer's number, Scherzer seems to have gone back to being old Scherzer. Um, he's, it was eight innings again with 10 strikeouts. Um, he's now in his last five games gone seven innings or more um, and pretty much uh, around sort of a minimum of eight strikeouts uh, in a game and over double figures in others. So, uh, and he was untouchable. Uh, and it was, that was just kind of how the game went. We, we couldn't get any hits against him unless you were Miggy Rojas, who got uh, two, uh, and he's been, you know... By, he's been I awesome, got, hasn't he? He's been yeah. on a real run. Well, I obviously won't spoil it for player of the week, but he's definitely up there. <laughs> uh, he's had just been, he's been fantastic for really a good couple of months now, and, and he was the only one who seemed to be able to get anything. But we couldn't get anything going. Um, on, on our side of things... Um, Trevor Richards um, has had a couple of roughish games now. And um, a good example of what happened in this game where he he ended up getting tagged for six earned runs off five innings. And there was only three strikeouts. He wasn't attacking the strike zone as much. His change-up hasn't been as effective because other teams are now starting to read it. And they're really, really now going after it. And the Nationals did it and the, the Phillies have done it now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at uh, Scherzer, 76% of Scherzer's uh, deliveries were, were strikes, where um, Richards was 67. And he was, once they started to hit him, he's tried to then get it really at the bottom of the strike zone. And um, that's where, you know, a few times it's going for balls and walks. Um, so it, it was a, he didn't unravel because that game was really Scherzer's. And sure. Fernando Rodney pitched as well, unfortunately, which was a bit distressing for any of us who, who remember the horrible Chris Paddock trade. Um, but he finished it off, didn't he? It, well, uh, yeah, he did, uh, sadly. Um, I think he pitched the ninth from memory. He did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just so, to rub it in, of course. With these, <laughs> yeah, ridiculous bow and arrow celebration. Did he, did he celebrate? Uh, I, I, he probably I did, remember. didn't he? He did, yes. He yeah. probably did. Yeah, the only think... thing I remember from that game beyond yeah, Scherzer being awesome is Conley. 
had one hell of a bounce back. He had, I think he went three after Richards. I think he followed Richards and struck out seven in three. Is that right? And the thing is with Conley, um, because he then had a couple of rough games after this. And yes, the pressure wasn't on so much. But um, when you watch Conley pitch, especially on his fastball, or he's he's attempting something like a changeup or a slider, he does tend to drag it across. And uh, it ends up with the, the pitcher having to kind of sort of to the pitcher's left, have to go right down to the bottom and it's nowhere near the strike zone. He wasn't like that at all. These were very, it was fast. It was, um, you know, the accuracy was really, really good. And he thought, oh, you know, after Conley, you know, there's calls for him to be DFA'd and, and, and mm-hmm. put down to Nola and all that. Um, he, he looked pretty decent there's still not an enormous number of strikes um even with those sort of seven strikeouts there's still a few balls going here there and everywhere but even so you thought oh he's got it together and that looked really promising that brilliant we want someone who's long relief we know chen's a bit dodgy um although he'd had that good good performance beforehand so maybe Conley's back, but that didn't seem to be the case later on in the week. Um, so we, we, we then lost 7-5 to the Nationals, which was the, the, the game where it was Gallen versus uh, Patrick Corbin. Yeah. Corbin, um, yet again, and this is, the, this is the real kind of story about the Nats, is that their pitching was excellent. He went seven innings for nine strikeouts, even uh, with our, our old friend Javier Guerrera um, giving us a few runs at the end um, uh, to try and blow their bullpen up. It didn't work. Gallon, I thought, pitched really, really well. Five innings, eight strikeouts. There's a few hits, a couple of walks here and there. Um, unfortunately, it was Taylor Guerrero who caused the issues. And the way that game went was it was it, it, it was not a lot going on. There wasn't there wasn't really much happening from either side. It was a real pitchers duel between sort of Gallon um, uh, and uh, Corbin, and then. Um, Gallon got lit up a bit. He started to get a bit tired um, as it got towards the end of that that game. And then um, we were, I think we were 4-1 down going into the ninth. And Guerrero just was, when he's doing his 100 mile an hour balls and they're going into the strike zone and and it's electric, it's great. Uh, When they're not and they're going all over the place, it isn't. And he got tagged for four walks, I believe. Yes, he did. Um, and really that lost us the game. But we did oh, try and get it back um, at the end. There was a, you know, we then obviously tried it with Javier Guerrero and, um, you know, there was, uh, you know, even so, you know, kind of a pitcher's duel. We were still getting the hits going along there. Harold got one, Cooper, um, Brian Holiday was on great form. Even Yadier Rivera was getting stuck in the action. Oh, well, yeah, the other big thing about the game was a Grandison triple. Uh, how often do you see them? He looked exhausted by the time he got around the third base. <laughs> well, I mean, how old is uh, Granderson now? He's, what, 38 or 39, is he? Yeah, 38, I think he is, yeah. Oh, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't be tired after a triple head, bloody hell. I, I, I'm the same age, so I, I'd, I, if I'd ran around the bases, I'd been knackered. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, and then the, so that was a game that, in effect, if, if, if Tehran hadn't blown up, we could have got something. Uh, then we lost uh, the, the sweep. It was 8-5 um, in the uh, Strasbourg game. I don't mm-hmm. think Strasbourg looked that good. He's, they were still allowing for seven innings. It was a little bit disappointing. Alcantara, again, 
wasn't attacking the strike zone enough. That whole thing Mattingly said, he seems to get a bit hesitant at times. And he got caught really, really heavily um, in that game. He was running along fine, but in the sixth inning, he got caught heavily. As soon as he was going through that, that order the third time round, um, uh, there was uh, Soto, Adams uh, and Robles all in, um, you know, in the three home runs he'd, he'd given up. And each time it was just kind of, oh, you know, um, it wasn't it's quite. Though. It's a dangerous lineup, though, isn't it? You know, it's... and third time through, you know, we'd be tiring. You know, it, it happens. You know, it happens. Yeah, and, and for us, um, otherwise, it was. You know, it was. It was. Uh, we, we were okay. We we kind of got eight hits, um, and. The, I think the thing was with the Nats game was that that pitching, even though it had shut us down in regards to the number of hits we're getting, we still looked dangerous. That we were getting people on base that oh here we here we go again, we can do this. It's not yeah. the case that the Philly sweep had gone and our, our, our kind of confidence had dropped, and that kind of showed that when you got into the Philly series because it was just like nothing. Had, yeah, that tr- that train just kept on going. So we we had the uh, the first game which was six uh, two. Um, uh, Hernandez pitched reasonably well, seven strikeouts. Um, uh, but the the real real thing was um, in that game was the way we were just keeping it ticking along. So um, we had a, a Brian Anderson home run in there. We had a, a Riddle home run in there. Uh, we had um, Anderson also had a couple of hits. I think in that game uh, he did two hits, uh, three RBIs, including the, the home run. Uh, Cooper. Uh, every time he got to the plate, it was almost a hit every time. Um, yeah. Did Cooper have a home run in that one? I, I'm confused which game. There was a game against the Phillies where, where they did they go back to back on home runs? At one maybe that was the, the day after. Uh, yeah. So um, just trying to think because uh, we had the there was that was Walker's return when he hit the home run, and then there was Alfaro, wasn't it? Um, but Cooper was ubiquitous with these hits, um, as as was. Brian Holiday as well when he was he he was out and about on the uh, on the next game as well we we this is the the difference uh, we've seen through the the Philly series is that we've had that that hitting depth all the way through and that's why we've been able to to pick up those runs. Um, How so did Hernandez that, pitch? Uh, Hernandez he he pitched nearly six innings. He got had to be you know, they brought Harlan on in the end just to to relieve him a bit. Um, I thought he looked really good. He looked very economical indeed. Um, he only gave away uh, two earned runs off three hits. Right. Um, and what I like about Hernandez, for someone who, in theory, has been put down as like, you know, he's going to be future bullpen, I thought he showed a good range of, of pitches as well. He's not just one or two dimensional. Uh, he was making the batters think. Um, he's done well. He's been like a real nice surprise, hasn't he, to be honest? Like he... I don't think he's been lit up in any of his games, has he? Uh, no, and neither neither in in Nola as well. No. Um, so he's been very very economical. Um, and he's kind of uh, like he's like the silent assassin, isn't he? Like a lot of the other guys are getting a bit more of a talking up, but Hernandez is just kind of cruising, it seems, which is you know good. I mean, great. Yeah, I, I think the other thing with um, um, Hernandez is that. Um, when um, when you're kind of when you sort of look down our our sort of our pitching lineup, um, each of our pitchers that we brought up who've done also well also have their you know you, you talk about the 
the the range of pictures that Yamamoto can uh, can um, deal out. Uh, we talk mm. about the gallon strikeouts. You talk how Alcantara can go so many innings. You talk about Caleb Smith as Doctor K. You talk about Pablo Lopez as the future ace. You go through and you you can pick out all these attributes. With with Hernandez, he's he's very very steady indeed. He has a very low whip, um, and um, the other thing with him is that uh, in compared to let's say. Um, if you were thinking about right, who who has the highest sort of strikeouts per nine, you would always think about Caleb, and you, you'd kind of you know think, well, all right, well, uh, you know, Pablo's pretty good at that, and all. but actually he's up there as well. He does get a lot of strikeouts, and uh, there's very very few walks. He's incredibly economical, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what him and Alcantara actually are really good at. That there's hardly any walks of the game. If you don't walk anyone. Yeah. And they've got to hit you, haven't they? Yeah. If you if you give a walk out there, then instantly you're giving the opposition a chance. So that was a really good game. Um, we then had what was the game of the week um, the following night. And this was a, a drama all round. This was the Yamamoto game. Yamamoto, again, had a mare in the first inning. And, you know, bases... Two, two low... back-to-back, isn't it? Where he's just had a real slow first, first inning. Yeah, and he seems to, interestingly enough, he, he started off like the first few deliveries looked fine, but it's as soon as he's got a hit or a walk, he he, he he seems to get very, very panicky. Those first two games just went so, he couldn't have gotten anything better. Yeah. But his confidence did, did get back in that game, although he only pitched four innings. But that was the first game where Yamamoto showed his inexperience, um, so to speak. Um and it was very clear that the Phillies had done their homework on them and didn't want to get, you know, shut out again, really against him. And um, and yet again, we can't criticise the the pitchers because you've still got that lineup that day with Kingery, Segura, Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto, Hernandez, Franco, Quinn, um, the whole lot of them power, um, you know. So uh, that was. That was it. But anyway, so we'd, we'd had quite a, a rough start of that game. And by the time you got to the end of the fifth inning, you were 6-1 down. And it was like, mm, do I bother even watching this anymore? Is what you'd have said if you were watching the Marlins earlier this season. But not now, because you know they can come back. And they did. And it was absolutely fantastic. Seven um, runs were hit in the seventh inning. Um, and uh, the pleasing... Part of part there, apart from throughout the whole game, you had not just you had Anderson, Castro, Cooper, Holiday, Ramirez, Riddle, Rivera, Rojas, you know, all getting on base at some point was the fact that you had Neil Walker back with a home run. And it was like, oh, right, this is, you know, he's not just done a, quite well, had an injury and coming back and, you know, going to take a bit of time. He's back in it again. And on that day, Neil Walker's four at bats with two hits, three RBIs. So it was like, yeah, this is really good. We've actually got someone that we've been able to get back into the team who can, you know, be a catalyst to create something. And that's what happened. And that's how we managed to get back into that game, which was which was really, really good. Um, and, um, yeah. The crowd, I, I, I didn't see that one, but I believe the atmosphere was pumped. I think there was like around about 15,000 in there, which... Okay, it wasn't the 60 we had in London, but 
<laughs> for the Marlins, it was it was a good crowd. It was a good weekend crowd. And from what I saw on Twitter from the guys who were posting at Marlins Park, it looked like a raucous atmosphere, which is great. And that's what I'm sure the players feed off that. And you know, they start again. You know, getting the comeback going. The next thing is, you know, the hits come, and so do the runs, and everyone's into it, and happy days. So it was. It was uh... Miggy, uh, Miggy Rose bobblehead night, and um, oh, and, and also this is the effect of of Glenn uh, Gaffner, uh, you know, really firing people up on Twitter, and 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 the general media as well. I've been listening to the you know the the ticket, the Miami Sports Station, and they were also talking about get out to the park, you know, ten dollar tickets to stand in the Auto Nation Alley, have a few beers, and have a really good time. The parking's cheap, um, you know, the the food's good, and all the rest of that. Trying to be and the atmosphere was good, especially when that happened in that inning, where it really, really all came alive. And it, it, as I said, it wasn't it wasn't like home, home runs; it was just constantly getting on base. It's that train going again, and and the atmosphere you could hear it, the cheer, and especially in that stadium when you got the roof closed as well, everything echoes back, and it was really, really good. It wasn't the fact that this was fifteen thousand fans and no, you know, twelve thousand were Phillies fans. There are there are some Marlins fans back there, and that's what they were yeah. trying to achieve. Uh, let's let's then gloss over the next day because I don't want to go on. I've talked enough already. I don't want to talk about Wei Yin Chen. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, Alfaro hit a, a lovely home run after being smacked in the slapped in the face by Segura. Um, but that game was uh, um, uh, Richards again. Problem Richards had was it was a bit of a strange performance for Richards. Only three strikeouts again. He had a couple of walks and. I don't quite, he's got to develop his other pitches, I think, and get a bit more aggressive. Even so, five innings is still great um, and not giving away that many runs, really. But he didn't look like the guy who was going to, you know, shut them down. But yet again, very strong lineup that the, the Phillies have. It's still a, a decent effort. Um, Anderson, Alfaro, all back with it. However, so we, we, we come down to the, the fact that we, we're we into the sixth inning. It's a close game. It's 3-2. Uh, Richards comes off. Um, unfortunately, a few earned runs there, but not many, only three. And then Chen comes on and just throws pies, as we've seen <laughs> in cricket. Um, absolutely and utterly. Volleyball, I believe. Yeah, I... I, 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 it's not worth me even trying. I, I can probably look up his pitches now and tell you what he threw every time, but it was just awful. Uh, no, no, no chance at all of him getting anyone out. And um, five hits, five runs, four, uh, uh, four earned runs, and then Jeff Brigham had to come on and try and mop things up. By that time, the, the game was over. Although Alfaro did a, a decent job of trying to get it back, and we did have a few players on base actually in the final two innings. Um, so we, you know, really still were giving it a go. Yeah. But with Chen, I just just wrap this up. That's that's a great two-one series win against the Phillies. Yeah. Could have got a couple against the Nats, but even so, very very promising. Um, my player stands out there is Miguel Rojas, and I think from a pitching point of view, probably Hernandez but um, uh, and Gallon as well. Um, but um, with Chen, I don't see the point. If, you, if you've only got a guy, you can only put him on if we're losing like 10-0 or winning 10-0 because <laughs> otherwise he's a complete liability. So what is the point? Because by the time he, he could be out not pitching for months, 
So I get the thing that Joe Frasaro was saying earlier in the season about, no, we need him there to eat innings. But that's no point if he's going to be pitching like that. He was absolutely woeful. Got It's it's nothing to do with Jeta, Sherman, Mattingly, anyone. This this is a previous regime's issue. And he stand, when everything else is so good, the stadium, the team they've built up, all those players that got coming through those trades, he stands out the sore thumb of like, this is what it used to be. I think they just clear it out. He can have his money. Well done to the guy. And maybe he can go to Taiwan or whatever and, and see out his career uh, in style. But um, seriously, just get rid of the guy. He's hopeless. <laughs> wow. Wow. But the, 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 uh, the listeners won't be able to see, but I can see Rob's vein in his forehead. <laughs> He's pointing his head. <laughs> I was really looking forward to that sweep. I thought, Double sweep against the Phillies is going to be amazing, <laughs> and that was. I, I was. Uh, it's rare I get angry with with baseball games, but baseball is what baseball is. You, you expect the old blow up. You know, we, we've had some hilarious blow ups. Um, you know, where we look back at it, where we got really annoyed at the time, but that was just throwing the game away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it happens, mate. I'm I'm glad you got that off your chest. Anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> Do you feel better for that now? I feel, I feel really good. Yeah, thank you. It's very, very... Uh, I've, I've, that's been building up for the last couple of days. Good, good. Well, I'm glad that's been cleared down. Um, you're right, mate. To finish off, finishing off 2-1 against the Phillies, a great, great series win. Um, but I think it's now a good time for us to bring in Rob from Nats UK. and talk about the series ahead because they've swept us last week we were into the teeth of their rotation for sure we've got them coming up again now starting this evening who have we got going this evening we've got uh gallon and we're back back to corbin again corbin yeah corbin again good robbie are you there buddy hello mate hello mate how are you very well hi chaps how you doing Hey, mate. Well, it was good. First of all, mate, before we get stuck in, good to meet you and your good lady and two two beautiful daughters on Friday, mate. You enjoyed the London experience? Uh, it was great. Yeah, it was great. I, I, oh, I was so jealous of seeing you all on a Saturday and Sunday up there. It looked absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, I won't rub it in, but yeah, it's fair to say it was it, it was it was high quality. When you listen to this pod and it's full, mate, which hopefully you will, because uh, you're you're making a guest appearance, you'll you'll get the full lowdown from the boys. But yeah, it was excellent, mate. But good to see you nonetheless. And you know what I was impressed with, even on just on the Friday, was just the number of a familiar faces and whatever around. Great to meet everyone, and you know just the buzz around the stadium and everything was just it was impressive. Yeah. Ah, oh, you know what? What even when I got I got back when I left you guys. Um... On Saturday, I got back and watched it on the TV, and my word, just watching it there, seeing all the crowd, I, I, I had my doubts to be honest how how well it was going to go. Um, I didn't know whether the crowd would get into it as much as they did, but yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. I was, I was really impressed. Yeah, wish I was there. Yeah, well, next year, <laughs> mate, get 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 that babysitter sorted in advance, mate, for next year. You got the data. Yeah, I've been speaking to a few guys today. That that is uh, that is going to be done. <laughs> oh, good man. <laughs> all right, good. Well. Um, let's let's dive into the Nats, mate, because we we spoke what it was probably week three, was it in the season? It was early on, wasn't it? Yeah, it's really early on, really early. At that point, 
I think the Nats bullpen was on fire negatively. <laughs> um, uh, has anything changed on that front? You know what? We, yeah, I think it's, it has got a bit better. Um, obviously, they gave Rosenthal a second chance of, and uh, that didn't quite work out, so he's gone. Um, but then they had um, Tanner Rainey, who, who was working who was working quite well. He's kind of fallen off a cliff as well now, so... All right. I'm not quite sure what, what they're going to do. Suero seems to be doing okay, and Doolittle's still doing his stuff. Um, yeah. But generally, there is a, a much better feeling throughout the whole whole club at the minute. It's it's going quite well. Yeah. What's led run. to that, mate? What can you put your finger on it? Like, what's what's going? Well, you know they they saw they picked up two. Uh, they bought in. Is it Gerardo Parra? Um, oh yeah. Um, they bought him in. And he, yeah, he's not not a fantastic player by any stretch, but he, he seems to have improved the feeling around the place. You see him when he's playing, he, he's full of heart. He's hit some some cracking shots and, and cuts into a good positions. Won us, won us a game in LA. That was a while back now, but that got us on a on a good on a good run. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's there's little bits and pieces. Dozier's starting to play play better. Yeah. Um, Matt Adams is playing first base since Zimmerman got injured, and he he's playing well. It's just a just a much much better better side at the moment. Much more settled as Trey Turner's come back, um, and and he helps. It, it's just a much better feeling there. Yeah. It, sometimes it takes that, doesn't it? An injury here or there, and you know things just slot into place, and the lineup fits. I mean, we felt the same guys, haven't we? With with the Marlins, with, you know, we started just as slow as the Nats, to be honest. And, you know, well, slightly slower, actually. But... <laughs> <laughs> a bit of an insult, mate. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. That was, I, I got a bit carried away then. Um, but, guys, we definitely felt that, didn't we? You know, we, we finally, you know, we slotted some players in, a couple of call-ups, and all of a sudden we found our lineup, and, you know, we've kind of taken off as well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, looking at, the, uh, I only sort of see the scores really with Nats. I don't obviously watch a lot of the games unless they're playing against us. But it seems to have been a really up and down season for them. But one minute they're they're sort of down there, and you're wondering if they're going to just blow the whole thing up, and then they're suddenly on a bit of a run, and they're back in it. And now here we are, halfway through the season, and they're pretty much bang on 0.500. I think they're one game above. What 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 do you think is going to be? Um, like, what, what's the plan from here on on forward, Rob? What do you think is going to happen? Are you going to, you're still going to try for that top spot, or do you think that's pushing it? You know, I, I think if we carry on the run that we are, we we need the Braves to obviously start slipping up. Um, we 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 were on a terrible run. We were at one stage, I think we was twelve games back or something stupid like that. It was really really bad. Um, and the last oh, June, we had a very very good June, and it was starting to pick up end of May. Um, so we just need to carry it on. If we can carry it on after the All Star break, then, then I think we'll see where we are. But I'm pleased to be at one above 500 at the moment. The way things <laughs> they were, it was it was so so bad. It was a really bad feeling all all around the club. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to be selling as such. Um, no, I, I no, really I... can't see that happening. Which is a good thing, I, I suppose. Um, but then they need to prove it after that to prove that that was the right decision, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting because yeah, in the lead up, you know, when you guys started slow, and we, to be honest, we talked about on this pod as well about uh, are the Nats potentially a selling club this year? Are the Mets? Mm. You know, who else is selling in this division? 
Um, but I, I think the reality is where you're at now. The Phillies have, have stuttered. You're, you're, you're back in the mix. And mm. There's no need to sell. You found your lineup. You know, I think you guys, what's interesting when I look at you and the Braves, which I think are the kind of standout clubs really in, in the NL East at this point, mm. the, the style of baseball is completely different, to be honest. Like, it, the Braves just want to blow everyone away and whatever and you feel like their luck will probably turn negatively at some point but for you guys it feels like you're leaning on just a top quality rotation oh, yeah. Yeah. that's 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 the basis for sustained quality or sustained results for me I feel like the Braves are on a hot streak but it can turn like that and soon enough they'll go on a skid like the Phillies have done and you guys will ascend I still think you can win the division, to be honest with you. I still... The Braves... Yeah, I hope you're right. Like you say, the, our starting rotation is, is, has been on point pretty much all season. We weren't getting Max to wins as it start, when it first started, but he's, uh, he, yeah. I, I was watching him on Sunday night, and he's just a joy to watch. He's yes. absolutely brilliant. He's on fire at a minute. And they're, well, I know we only, we only scored two runs on Sunday, but we're, we're backing that up. We weren't doing that in the first, first few weeks of the season. Well, first yeah. few months of the season, we weren't doing that, and he he had a terrible win loss record to start, but he's he's starting to get back up. I think was yeah. it Corbin Corbin tonight? Um, yeah. Tomorrow, I think it's Strasbourg, and then um, Sanchez on Thursday. I think it is. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a quality rotation. Just on on Scherzer, I think as soon as he broke his nose, he's kicked into gear. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's got him angry. You know, that's the thing. Don't get Max angry. <laughs> Don't we love don't. Angry Max. No, exactly. Um, <laughs> I've got a question in regards to the start of the season and the whole Harper factor. Now, I was on, uh, I was with uh, Dave from UK Phillies. There was a, a, an, a, an NL uh, East um, uh, preview we did, mm. and the the, the Nats uh, representative was Matt, um, the number one international Sean Doolittle fan. Yes, uh, and um, he doesn't like. Bryce Harper very much, um, to put it to put it bluntly, he's a good guy. Um, he's Matt Norwich fan, um, but the interesting thing is what he was saying was that um, that Harper had end up being a massive distraction because last season we'd all thought that the Nationals were going to win that division, and it was such a surprise to see them completely fall away. Mm. And this year. Uh, you know, the, just like, OK, well, Harper's gone. Maybe he was a distraction. And then just to see such a very unusual start to the season where you were winning a few, then losing a load and then winning a few. And he not seemed to be consistent, even with that that lineup of, you know, Rendon and Turner and Eaton, etc. And, oh, of course, Robles. Mm. Um, do you think that Harper was a distraction to the team? and that the Nats can get it together this year? Or do you think there's something more deep-rooted? I remember one game last year where I think it was um, uh, Max chased um, Strasbourg down the tunnel. They had a bit of an argument. <laughs> and, and I think, is there, is there something sort of deep-set that's wrong in the, in the Nationals' dressing room? You know, I think Max would chase anyone down the steps if he didn't like what they were saying about him. I've seen him face uh, Davey a few times when Davey's trying to take him off the mound and Max rules the roost. No, 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 he <laughs> doesn't want to come off. Um, halfway, that was definitely a distraction. Absolutely massive distraction. I think it, that rolled into the season. It was so late that he chose chose the Phillies. I think it was a kick in the teeth for everybody. 
Um, whether the club knew that he was going to the Phillies or not, I, I don't know. Um, and I, that 100% that was a distraction for me. That It just rolled on into the early weeks. Injuries didn't help. Um, Trey Turner got had a broken finger. Um, Soto had an injury for a little while as well. And there was just little bits and pieces. And then obviously the bad, as you guys know, you get a little bit of bad feeling around a club and it just rolls and rolls and rolls. And the games come around so quick, it's just hard for them to get out. And I think that's just what, what basically happened. Um, Davey Martinez, he was getting loads and loads of stick for the bullpen. Um, and then Rizzo was coming under fire for not addressing the bullpen in the in the summer when he actually did. He, he did bring in... He brought in Rosenthal. It's a gamble, obviously, but he brought him in. He brought in a couple of other guys and, and was clearly trying to address that issue. And it just didn't work. Um, now it's obviously starting starting to roll back round. Bryce is not particularly firing in Philly like we all thought he might, um, mm. which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, good for, good for you. I mean, it's the way it goes. And hey, I, I, I say just just touching upon. Uh, you know, we're saying about the, the trade deadlines coming. The Nats probably aren't selling, but are you buying? And if you are buying, what's on the wish list? Yeah, you know, I, I really don't know what what they're going to be looking for. I, to be honest, the, when our side at the moment is settled for the last month, we've been playing some great ball. I, I don't think there's any any real reason to rock the boat. I, th- I think the bullpen still need still needs help. Um, that Rain, well, Rainey's had the last couple of his outings have been really, really poor. Um, but if he can come back in, he was our setup man. Um, Suero's kind of taking that role as well. But they, they, they definitely could do with some more, some more firepower there. But oh, I, we've got some answers for you in the Marlins pen. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you pick up the phone, we negotiate the package. There's Wei Chen available. And... Yeah, oh, that sounds marvelous. <laughs> you know, I, I saw you guys. I, I went out to Washington. Um, when was that? That was the end of May, beginning of June. I saw you guys. You beat us on the Memorial Day. Um, and you know what? You look really, really comfortable. You're, you're so in, in control of that game. We never, ever looked like we was going to win that. Um, we was up, I think... Uh, up through five innings, I think, and then as soon as you took the lead, that we didn't look like we was getting anywhere near you. Um, that that was a good game. It was good to see you. I've never seen the Marlins play before. It was good. Who really was, enjoyed it? Do you remember who was pitching for the Marlins that day? Uh, who was pitching that day? Uh, was a black you. guy. What was his name? <laughs> Go on, read him out, and I'll tell you. Read out who's your starting pitchers. Well, back then you'd have had Jose Arania, you'd have yeah. had... It was Arania, I think. Arania, yeah. Some dreads. <laughs> <Got it in. laughs> yeah. Well done, uh, well done, Pete. You got that in one. That's it, mate. Yeah, of course. I mean, if he was pitching well, it was Jose, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was against Max that day, and uh, yeah, we didn't support him. That's Yeah, that's right. I, I think we've had a good record against Max this year, apart from when we ran into him last week, and he maxed us, so... <laughs> well... I mean, what's your thoughts, mate? You, you still think the division's there for the taking for you guys? It's going to depend on the Braves. If the Braves keep rolling, I, I, hmm. you, you seem to, you guys seem to think that they might have a slip up. I'm hoping they do, um, but they've kind of been on on a good form for what back end of last season, and now this the whole of this season they're playing very, very well. Um, yeah, I do. I do very well on the road, don't they? 
How many how many games are we back? I think we're what still six games back. Seven the Braves. Seven games back from the Braves. Yes, that's obviously doable, but we're gonna need them gonna need them to slip up and we're gonna right. still need to maintain the form that we've had over the last last month or so. So it's gonna be difficult, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't think the um wild card's completely out of reach, so that's that's a good thing. No if needed. And don't forget, the Braves are about to run into a stern, stern test at the end of this week. They're going to be, be <laughs> severely we, tested. We always lose to the Braves. So. Yeah, I was going to say, not history's got anything to do with it. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, if you're looking for a, for an olive branch from the Marlins, like that's it's <laughs> highly probable. That you won't get it. We've got a real poor record against the Braves, particularly away as well. So... Yeah, we'll we'll see. But I mean, Wait, is there we got an early game? We got an early game on Thanksgiving? Um, not Thanksgiving. What we're we talking about? Fourth of July. Yeah, we got. Yeah, uh, yeah. Four or five star. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. UK, UK friendly on Thursday. Yeah. 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 yeah Even the I think the Wednesday one is slightly like like eleven o'clock Wednesday. Is that slightly earlier as well? Yeah, the Thursday one's definitely like four or five. Perfect. Oh, good. Well, I mean, and that's going to be a nice matchup because you got, uh, you may or may not be aware of this, Rob, but um, Sandy Alcantara has been voted on uh, as the Marlins All-Star representative. Yes, I heard that, yeah. He's going Wednesday against Strasbourg, so that'll be good. Looking at the two ERAs for the season, actually, although the record, Alcantara's four and seven, Strasbourg's nine and four, uh, but uh, Sandy's got a three eight six ERA and Strasbourg three eight eight. so... Mm. You know, it's close. We were saying earlier that, that Strasbourg didn't actually pitch that great against us last week, but, you know, we they, you got the win nonetheless. But, um, you know, that'll be a nice matchup, actually, on, uh, you know, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah it will be. Good. Yeah. So, we're happy to, for you to throw predictions in there, mate. And actually, well, while you're on... We'll, I was we'll well off last time, wasn't I? Well, this is it, mate. Uh, we're... You do yours, mate. We'll do ours. We, we've got a, a season-long um, pool or table running. In, in, it was a competition, so you fire away, mate, and I'll get some predictions off the lads as well. Yeah, I think we'll. I think we'll win two-one. I think we'll win tonight. Um, I think we'll win tomorrow with Strasbourg, and you may well win on Thursday with Sanchez on the mail. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, two-one. I'm going to go for. I think I went for a three-nil last time, and I think you won two-one. So I think out. that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, Dan, what are you thinking, mate? Um, I think well, it's they've just swept us, um, and I think there's going to be a, we've bounced back with a nice uh, series win against um, against the Phillies, which should have been a sweep as well had we not uh, ballsed it up on the last game. Um, so I think we've got a bit of momentum back, and um, I'm going to say a two-one win to the Marlins. There you go. There you go. What about you, Lee? Yeah, I think I'm going to go 2-1 Marlins as well because, uh, I mean, we're, you know, we're a lot better, you know, a better team when we're on the road as well. So, yeah. And I, and, and I think, yeah, I think Sandy could win on Wednesday. You know, he's, he's, he's an all-star now, so he's, so he's got something to show. So, yeah, I think I, I go for 2-1 Marlins as well. I like it. Rob Newell, what about you, buddy? Um, yeah, I... I want I want to say two one as a, as a win as well, which uh, means we're not really differing from each other. But if you, <laughs> the matchups are quite key on this one. 
because you've got Gallon and Corbyn. So Corbyn's obviously in a groove and, and doing quite well now. We, we saw him, uh, you know, last week and he was very good. Um, but um, Zach Gallon is our man that's come up, had that, you know, amazing first half of the season down in AAA uh, where he was just unhittable and, you know, getting into double figures in strikes every time. Um, so if he really, really puts it together this time round, considering last time round, I think it was eight strikeouts, we could see a very economical game going very late on. And the same thing could happen with Alcantara and Strasbourg. Both have got the capability. Alcantara's already had a complete game this year. Um, and the same thing with Hernandez. We were talking about him earlier on this on this podcast that, you know, he's 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 looking a great, great picture of the good range of pitches against um, uh, Sanchez, who is also economical. So we could have quite a few games here. It's decided quite late on by dodgy bullpens. Uh, <laughs> There's a man that's been watching the Nets. <laughs> yeah. um, you got you got Javi Guerrero in there as well, who, who we know very well. Yes, yes. Um, who uh, who gave us a few runs the other night when uh, when it looked like you were going to run away with it, and um, although you still won. Um, so, um, I've got to have a bit of confidence and I will still say 2-1 to the Marlins because it's just on the basis that Rojas, uh, Walker, Anderson, uh, they're all on fire with the bat and that could just tip them over the edge. And we've got some good players in our bullpen with sort of Bryce uh, and and Romo, etc. As long as they don't play Chen or Conley, um, <laughs> then we're fine. If Chen pitches at all, then, you know, that's you know, 20 nil blowout. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had a rant, Rob, before uh, before you joined <laughs> us about that man who was uh, earning about five times more than anyone else on in our side. Um, anyway, wow. le- I'll leave it there. I won't start you off again. No, no don't, don't get, don't get <laughs> yeah, it. <going>. Don't. <laughs> I, I think I think what Rob was saying basically is it, Chen should probably suffer the same fate as uh, Rosenthal. I think is. Yeah. Is I think what he's trying to say in in, in as many words. No, um, not ordering his jersey. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, no, I feel so sorry for these type of guys. That, like we gave Rosenthal every chance, to be honest, but he just couldn't couldn't get it going. You just think the, the pain that he must be going through physically and mentally. It's, oh. And I saw I think last night he signed for some. Um, he signed for is it the Tigers? Yeah, he's the Tigers. But he's been shipped out to their AAA, and he he played last night, and he gave up. Don't blow up again. Yeah. And you just think, oh, you poor man. <laughs> you poor, poor man. <laughs> You've got to pack it in, haven't you? But it's not point. our problem anymore, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he kind of suits the Tigers, though, actually, if that's really <laughs> Works okay. Well, I'll round it off. I'm going to go for a, a, a 2-1 Nats series win, actually. I think uh, the Nats are, are playing well. Rotation strong. There's going to be one ball, bullpen blow-up from the Nats, though, so... Mm. It could be any day. I'm not even going to predict one. I'm just going to say it. it'll be one of them. And, you know, we'll we'll win something we probably shouldn't have done. And uh, other, the other games will probably be tight. So, 2-1 Nats for me. And other, you know, other than that, it's 2-1s all over the show. Everyone's gone 2-1. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that probably rounds it up. Um Rob, I appreciate you taking the time to join no, us. No, no, anytime, Pete. Yeah, anytime. Good to talk to you again, mate. We'll have you back on. Um, let's let's try and get something back end of the year as well, mate, and just yeah. see where you guys are at. Sounds really good. So I think we're going to try and do a National League East 
type meet next week, I think, isn't there, with, uh, with Dave? That's so, it. Uh, we'll about, see how that goes. He's talking about an NLE pod of, of some sort. So yes, we'll see if we can make good. that happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully speak then. If, if it's not me, one of the, one of the other three guys will definitely... Yes. Well, nice to meet you guys. Yeah, yeah cheers for coming on, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's enjoy the series. All right, chaps. Take care. Cheers. See you, buddy. Bye, see bye. Ya. All right, guys. Now he's gone, we can say how, how rubbish we think the Nats are, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're dangerously getting it back together again. And uh, we, I think we did think they, we thought there was something more seriously wrong in there. Um, and that's what would happen now is you'd have a little bit of a situation where you've got teams who are real World Series contenders out there who would quite like Scherzer and would, would trade away anything on the basis of getting a World Series win in there. I could see the Cubs doing it. Um, I could even, you know, they've done it with Verlander, but, you know, after Morton's gone with the Astros, the Astros have actually had a few dodgy moments with their rotation of late. Maybe they could put a Scherzer in there and they've still got an amazing farm system um, because, you know, that's what it comes down to. They're, they're at the moment, it's, it, it's, it's looking very much a, a sort of a, a Yankees-Dodgers fest really isn't it for the world series so um i i do wonder whether there still might be some trade offers going for some of those nationals guys yeah i mean we'll probably get into the trade deadline stuff and i, I think there's going to be a lot of chatter about well there's going to be various players talked about be it in the marlins or any other organization i'm, I'm still intrigued to see if we do any serious business like I know there's fringe players that will try and probably get international money for and stuff like that, but the key question will be, is Trevor Richards movable? Is Caleb Smith movable? You know, one of those types of guys where you try and get a serious haul. That's, I think, the major question that I think time will tell. I'm sure they'll have calls because at this time of the year, that's what everyone needs is pitching, like solid pitching. It's, it's hard to acquire that. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, let's, um, let's quickly round off guys. Cause I'm mindful of the time here. Um, let's finish off predictions with the Braves, just a quick Braves run through as well. If we can, I'll update us on the league standings and then we'll have a, a player slash emoji of the week and then we'll, we're Romeo done. So reverse order for the Braves. I'll go first and I'm going to actually go for a one, two to the, so two, one to the Braves, um, as well. I, they've just been tough to beat. We're struggling against them. I don't know how the rotation will land in the matchups, but I'm just going to take a stab in the dark and go 2-1 Braves. Um, Rob, what about you, buddy? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go um, a sweep for the Braves. Oh, Jesus. Um, well, I, so differing from what you know we've just been talking about with Rob, um, I think the Braves do stand out a little bit until the Phillies can get it together. They seem to just not seem to be able to. The Phillies really do depend on on their batting lineup, but I think um, the Braves all round actually look a good side. This was the side that they were threatening to be, that they were talking up to be over the last um, you know couple of years of the the young players coming through. And you still got you know like Freeman in there. It's got oh, he's he, and I can guarantee you pretty much every game Freeman plays, he'll get two or three hits. It, it just seems to be. They do have our number. They they can sort of act on our, our weaknesses. Freddie Freddie's incredible against the Marlins. Like he must be 
he must be a 500 hitter against us. It's it's crazy, but anyway, go on and go on and Lee, give us give us some positive spin, mate, because that's mm. yeah yeah. I, guess... <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to go two on Braves as well. I say, oh, oh, I think we're sneaker game, but yeah, I'm not hopeful for the series. But two on Braves. Dan, I'm hanging on you then, mate. You... Maybe you've just got to do your old thing and just go three nil Braves. Just <laughs> you know, you know what happens when you do that, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Um, no, nothing points towards a Marlins win here. <laughs> the, the, you know, we, we we haven't been able to get anything near them all season. They've had our number all the way through. They're on good form, although they're, they're, they're just they're sort of middling out a little bit recently. But they just—they're a good team. But having said that, that can't just go on and on and on and on. Um, at some point, we're going to win, and it's going to be this series. So we're going to win two-one. <laughs> Love it! Love it. Are you? Isn't it lovely? <laughs> well, that's the perfect way to bring us into our uh, our league table and an update on our predictions scores. I've had the uh, abacus out ahead of this, trying to work out who's got what with this crazy scoring system. So. Dan, going into the week, you were at minus one. <laughs> You've actually had five points from the last week, so you're up to four, mate. Um, Lee, you had one, and then you have then had a zero this week, unfortunately, mate. <laughs> it was one step forward, one step back, because you, yeah. you went for a sweep for the Phillies prediction. Which I was, was close. A... I was, you were I was close. hopefully on Sunday, but it never came off. Um, oh no! Sorry, hold on. That's. Oh no 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 no! Hold on. You went for. Uh... Did you go for a Phillies win? No, Marlins win. Marlins win, yeah. Oh no! Hold on. Miss scored. I miss scored you, mate. Sorry, buddy. Actually, you had three. You had three points last week, mate. Hey. So you're up to four as well. I'm four as well. Hey, I'm going <laughs> to put that abacus back because it's been broken. <laughs> broken. Um. Rob, you had a good one, mate, as well. You had five points this week, so you're up to seven, leading the way. <laughs> I stuttered to one point and then takes me to four. So what that leaves us is us three, me, Dan and Lee on four, Rob leading the way on seven. We're all fighting for the wild card. There <laughs> we go, so... All right, guys. Well, let's let's round it off here. Quick player of the week, emoji of the week combo, as normal, and then we should be we should be Romeo done. I'm mindful we haven't really had massive time to discuss any of the other bits. I guess the only other kind of news notes are Sandy's the All Star. Well done to Sandy. It was a close run thing. Pleased he made it. For me, the Mets performance was an All Star performance earlier in the year, and I'm happy for Sandy. It's great for us to have a player who's in effect a rookie, give or take, but also a traded a player we traded for, making an all-star game. That's good for us, good for Marlins, good for the front office. So all good. Well done, Sandy. Isan Diaz is still going absolutely bonkers in NOLA. I think he's up to 19 or 20 home runs now. We need to see him soon. Stalin, you know... He needs to be moved or something needs to happen. We, we need to see Diaz in August 
immediately. Um, we've signed 19 shortstops today in the international free agency signing, it seems. We don't know any of the backgrounds or anything. All we've seen is we've got 19 shortstops. Well, only kidding, I think we've signed five, but loaded up on, on, on them. And again, some congratulations as well to Sixto, to Diaz, just mentioned, and Monte Harrison, all in the uh, the Futures game or elected into the Futures game. Three representatives of the Marlins again. So we've had a win with Sandy being uh, the representative. We've had a win then with Sixto, Diaz and Harrison, which says to us, our farm is getting better. You don't think you can have more than three players in that in that game. So, you know, the on-field product is turning. The rotation's ahead of schedule and the farm is living up. We're going to see these guys very, very soon. So looking forward to that. One other news note is we've got retro jerseys on their way back end of July. Yeah. Dan, that will excite you. Lee, that will excite you. You boys love merchandise. Um, I think it's the sleeveless jerseys. Is that right? It's the pinstripe. Yeah, the one from yeah, the 97 World Series win. Uh, have you got it? Have you got the, the jersey, Lee, already? Um, not that one. No, no, no. Well, you can cut the sleeves off the one you yeah, have on. Yeah, yeah, I'll... I'll... <laughs> Might need you to get in some of your contacts in Miami now, Pete, and get me to ship one over. <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see what I can do, mate. I mean... You know, we're getting some love from the Marlins organization now, which is great. I'm, I'm you know, grateful for that. So yeah. we'll see if we can pull some strings, mate. Um, we'll see what we can do. So <laughs> I think that rounds up the news, guy. I was a whistle stop tour in the news. Yeah. Um, well, let's go around Player of the Week to finish it up with an emoji. Um, Rob, start with you, buddy. Uh, it's it's Miguel Rojas. I think he's had just a, a brilliant. I'm going to actually. Good, he had a really good week, but his month stats for June were were incredible. Where he had um, uh, 110 at bats, 38 hits, uh, and of that, uh, an average of 3.45 um, on base percentage, 419. I think he's been one of the main catalysts. He's a great captain out on the field. You know, you saw when players like Yamamoto struggling a bit, he would come out there and give him support. Uh, I think he's just been a, a fantastic guy. There's many mentions. Um, we had some really, really good performances out there over the past week, but it's time for uh, Rojas to, to have some love. Well, it's been his bobblehead week, so well done, Miggy. I completely echo what you said. Awesome player. He's completely scrapped through. He's a scrapper. He's well-liked. He's got the enthusiasm. So, yeah, I mean, probably the first time you mentioned Miggy. Um Emoji to go with it, mate. Anything in mind? Slap. Is there a slap emoji? There probably after, is, mate. Yeah. Is yeah after a, the Segura and El Faro incident. Yeah. Yeah. Good one, mate. I'll find a slap. There is one. There's some sort of, I don't know, even a hand clap. We'll, we'll do that. We'll find a way to do that. You gone for the slap. All right. Um, Lee, what about you, buddy? Yeah. yeah. It's Rojas for me as well. Yeah, I think he, he was easy. You know, the other the, the best hitter on the team for for the week. As you're saying, he, he's having a really good you know month as well. His bobblehead, you know, I mean, he he laid a, he made a late a late push for for the All Star, which which, which I, you know, I saw some pe- people mention. So yeah, it's it's, it's, it's Rojas for me, the standout player. Yeah, fair play, and a, and an emoji to go with it. So I'll deviate from the Marlins, but I go for like for 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 the UK flag. You know, just just, just for like the London series games. Just getting away from the Marlins a little bit there. Yeah, mate, that's fair. I, I'm with you on that. All right, good. Miggy Rowe and the UK flag. Yep. Down the man? Yeah, um, full house, 
yeah, Miggy Rowe. I think um, it's been um, there's been. Uh, I think the bets have been really good actually the, the last week, even though we've had a, we had a disappointing uh, series against uh, Nationals, but because the pitching's not been that great this week, which is unusual to say. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the last sort of six games since we last spoke and the runs we've given up, um, you know, six, then seven, then eight, then two, then six again, and then thirteen. It's um it's been unsurprising that uh, we, we've had to sort of try and compete with the bat for once, and we've done okay. You know we fell short um, against the uh, Nationals, but then picked it up again against Phillies. But yeah, Rojas along with Cooper, who I think's been just brilliant in June. I mean I think he's hitting about 0.400 for June. I think I saw, um and then um and Brian Anderson as well has been really good. But yeah, for the same reasons I won't repeat it because we're running a little bit out of time, but. Um, same reasons as the other said, Mickey wrote for his his great week and month that he's had. Emoji, uh, emoji. Uh, actually, Lee stole it. It's the same. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> we can't have the London series. Uh, historical, um, incredible event that everyone should be really proud of um, this side of the pond. Um, so very proudly, the United Kingdom flag. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I'm with you guys on the, the player of the week. I think that's the right choice. We'll go full house, Miggy. And the emoji I'm going for is like, uh, it's the stadium one, I think. Uh, again, it's on the UK theme. Mm-hmm. The job they did with uh, London Stadium was incredible. It looked great. And we're looking forward to next year. So I'm going to go with that. I think it is a, I think it is a stadium. I don't know if it's yeah, it a football stadium. Yeah, there is a stadium one, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely used it a few times this week. That's why I was looking at my most used tweets, and yeah. all there was was beers clinking. There was sun, hot dogs, burgers, yeah. and stadium. I mean, that that kind of sums it up. So maybe that's what I'll need to do is just take a picture of my most frequently used emojis, and that will that will cover <laughs> just up. So. <laughs> just use them all, guys. Awesome. That that rounds it off for this week. Um, we'll be back next week. Like I said at the start. Thanks so much for your effort. And equally, it was great to meet you you boys, uh, Dan and Lee, first time getting together. Rob, we're definitely going to, yeah, we missed you. But just as an FYI, we're putting it out there. We're planning on a, uh, a season finale in, uh, in London. Uh, all four of us are going to be there, but it's going to be a bit of a wider invite. We're playing the Phillies on the last day of the regular season. So we're looking to schedule a, a meetup or something in uh, Passyank Avenue um, in, in London. I've never been. Rob's been already, I believe, and thought it was good. I know the UK Phillies guys are saying, hey, let's let's join that too. So could be a cracking end of the season, guys. Uh, we'll look forward to that. We'll make sure we, we have some good pictures. It's been it's going to be a great end of the year anyway. Um, so I think that's it, guys. We appreciate all the listeners, all the feedback. Um, it's much appreciated. Um, there's a, a, a there's a part two. So I should I should just say sorry. There's a part two of this podcast. Um, it's only right to to include that in on our twentieth episode. Um, so stay tuned to that as well. It's it's a great it's a great podcast, a great segment with uh, someone very very well known. And uh, that'll be you know great for you guys to hear and feedback on as well. So there we go, guys. Episode 20, part one is in the books and we will uh, be back next week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>